Hello, and welcome to the e-commerce source podcast. My name is Andy Solhoff. I'm here with my friend and business partner, Tim McDougal. Tim, what is up? I am feeling the Q4 burn right now in the e-commerce world. We're, you know, we're soldiering through. We're soldiering through it right now. Yeah, it's kind of still early in Q4, but yeah, I, I feel the same thing. Uh, you know what? It is what it is. It's it's why we love and and hate this industry, but it's it's uh, a lot of fun and uh, got to bring a lot of energy through the through the rest of the year. So, I feel you there. What do we got on topic today, Tim? What are we what are we talking about? We're we're gonna do a little bit of an experiment here because we're going to talk a lot of numbers. Um, and we all know that when we go present a bunch of numbers and we're in the same room with somebody and have a bunch of nice charts and graphs, it can still glaze people over. But this is probably the biggest question we get and like the most controversial one we get from our clients or potential clients we're talking to. Definitely. And so it's worth the experimental try to try and do and bear with us as we talk through a page full of numbers that would be helped by charts, but we're all audio. <laughs> so we can have to just, we'll have to paint a picture for you in your mind of numbers. But it's the question of that we get frequently is, um, is about profitability per channel. And it's usually not, in the benign way of, hey, what's my profit on Amazon versus my own storefront and Shopify versus wholesale? It usually comes in the form of, of hey, if when I sell wholesale, I don't have to pay advertising costs or channel fees or anything like that. So I make, I make 50% profits when I go to Amazon. Like they charge all these fees. It's so stupid. Why don't we just yes. go wholesale? The so that's, fear of yes. Amazon is the, the fact that so many people think that Amazon just takes all your money and that nobody's making any money is is something we've talked about on previous podcasts. But hopefully what we review today, it gives a little bit more light and, and puts a couple of things into people's minds so that the people aren't so uh, contentious. And we clear, yeah, we should be clear. We're not Amazon fanboys yeah. by any means. We do a lot of business on Amazon. They do take a lot of your money, but it's true, right? right? So they do take a lot of your money. But what we end up getting in a lot of discussions, and I've, I've been in a lot of boardrooms having to go on a whiteboard and outline this stuff, is that at the end of the day, your net profits, your net profits in dollars, not in percent, because mm -hmm. you can use different numbers for the percent. Your net profit in dollars per thing you sell is what's most important. And if you work through all the math on it, it ends up being a lot closer than you think. And sometimes, oftentimes, Amazon may be more profitable or maybe a little bit less, but but it's just what we encounter is when people are looking at it through the wrong lens entirely and getting the wrong idea entirely, and that leads to bad business decisions. So we have to go in and kind of outline what the real cost per channel are. Well, and I think on top of, you know, if, if your costs, you know, your re revenue, your actual dollars back to your business are within, you know, 3%, 5%, and you're saying that you're just going to ignore Amazon's volume. So even if your volume is, is uh, or, you know, on Amazon. Or is, ignore it, your own Shopify site, right? Because yeah. you can do all of them. You can make money on, all of them can be profitable. Yes. All of them should be profitable. Um, you know, and one of the things we get into, if you're really going to grow your business past a certain scale where it's just, you know, a one couple person business, you want to be on your own site. You want to be on Amazon. You eventually want to be approaching wholesale. So you want to do them all and you got to figure out the profit model for each of them. Mm -hmm. um, and you can't, we've had conversations. I'm not going to name names, but, but of, Hey, I, I, I'd rather sell everything to Shopify. Can you make all my Amazon customers go to Shopify instead? And the answer is no, you can't make customers do that. It's the same as saying, Hey, I like selling to target better than selling to whole, 
to Walmart. Can you make all my Walmart customers go to Target instead? Ain't, ain't going to happen, right? So yeah. you figure out your best model with Walmart and your best with Target if you're selling at retail at that point. And you figure out the best model with all of these. So again, Amazon does take a bunch of your money, um, but there's also things they provide back. Um, selling yourself is going to take a bunch of money. Selling the wholesale is going to, there's going to be channel costs in that. So we wanted to go through each of them and kind of lay them as apples to apples as we could. So people could maybe understand a little better on this. And again, this is one of the, when this question comes up, it usually comes up in a fairly violent way Yes, of somebody's ripping me off. Um, well, and we, we just talked with somebody today that said that, uh, oh, yes. the, the fact that we, we would want to try to sell on Amazon was actually a detriment a, to a to prospective our... client that is probably not going to be a client because <laughs> they don't, they don't believe in Amazon and that's, that's, because, that's yeah. fine, I guess. But if you're trying to maximize the, the value of your business, should you do wholesale Amazon yeah. or, or DTC? What's the answer? And, Tim? I, and I should be, you should do all of them. Um, so, but the, and the point of this one, it was that, uh, the prospective client that we were talking to, um, who reached out to us, right? So, um, was upset in our proposal that we said, you know, also selling on Amazon is a good part of the business model because Amazon was going to suck all his money up and nobody makes any money on Amazon. And that was stupid of us. And we should look, he should look elsewhere for somebody if that's what we think. So fine, probably yep. not, probably no. not going to be a future client if they're listening to this, <laughs> we get it. Um, do your thing, you be you. Um, but we should probably go through this then, right? So yes. Um, so we're going to try and lay this out as cleanly as we can, knowing we're talking about a bunch of numbers and not showing anything. Um, so what we did here was we invented a, a a fake product. It's the same weight, size, prices, dimensions as a lot of things we do sell. So it's but we're not going to like talk anybody's inside information. Uh, but this is all based on real data. We're going to talk about. So we made up a product. We're going to make up a hair dryer, right? Mainly because we don't have any clients that we sell hair dryers for. Tim and so I we're are not big users of hair dryers. Yeah, I have, I have not used a hair dryer in over 30 years. <laughs> but um, so we're going we're gonna to use it. We do know that people do buy hair dryers and there's a lot of hair dryers. I learned a lot about hair dryers looking them up on Amazon and other sites. Um, and so for this fictional exercise, let's set some fictional exercise grounded in facts. Let's set some ground rules for it. This product, to keep things simple, it's going to sell for 30 bucks. That's our retail price. Yes, $29.95 make, might make more sense. It might be the smarter play. But to keep things clean, it's a hair dryer. It sells for $30. There's lots of hair dryers selling for around $30. Um, the cost of goods, this is going to vary by product. This is where you got to use your own numbers for it. But we're going to assume the cost of goods is 25% of the retail price. That's not, there's not a standard for that. But usually people are aiming for 20% to... 35, 36% for your cost of goods versus your retail price. That's a good area to be in. We're going to assume 25% for this just for the sake of the model so we can compare some things. That would mean your cost of goods is $7.50 off of a $30 product, right? Um, and we're also going to run through, um, we'll kind of summarize as we go through each channel what the fees are and what the percentages are using the actual numbers. Um, but we'll start. Should we start with, which we start with, Andy? Should Let's we start wholesale. with wholesale? Let's just, yep. Wholesale. Wholesale simplest, simplest, right? And so there's going to be some small nuances that I'm going to leave out. And I'll, I'll say what they are, but so we just don't go down the rabbit hole on it. But here's the basics on wholesale. Here's your model. If this is selling for retail at 30 bucks, that's the customer price. That's the end consumer pays for it. That means you as the seller are going to sell it to that retailer. You're the wholesaler. You're going to sell it to the retailer. You're probably selling it for this example at 15 bucks. 
So you're taking your $7.50 product, you're selling it for $15 to the wholesaler, they're going to sell it for 30, right? They're going to try and, and, and again, you can say they're making $15 margin out, but they're going to sit on some things that don't sell. They're going to have some damage. They're going to have some returns. They're going to spend on advertising, getting people to the store. There's all kinds of costs on the retailer side. Um, but you as the wholesaler on that, it's a pretty simple model. You're making, you're taking in $15 of revenue per each of these items. You're spending $7.50 to make it. Your end profit is $7.50. That works out to be 25% of the retail price. $7.50. $7.50. Profit you, divided by $30 equals 25%. Yep. Pretty straightforward. Pre real straightforward. So that's, and that's usually the model. And Usually when somebody will tell us, I make 50% 50, 50 margin on wholesale, what they're talking about is that $15 wholesale price. They're not talking about the retail price. They're talking about the wholesale price. I make 50% on that. Why can't I make 50% on Amazon or direct-to-consumer? That's where we say the percentages aren't as important. 50% of $15 versus a lower percentage of a $30 price is a different number. So the dollars is what's important. On the dollars in this model, you would make $7.50. Um, should we do Amazon? Let's do the next? FBA. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do Amazon FBA and we can talk later about the nuances of it's, if it's, if it's FBM. So FBA, I, most people know what that is, but if you don't, it's fulfillment by Amazon. You ship your product into Amazon. Amazon then fulfills it to the customer. Um, it is the most profitable way to sell on Amazon. So that's the model we're going to look at. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and the most common, if you're a seller, it's the most common way to do it. So again, retail price. What's the retail price, Andy? $30. $30. So we're keeping this. We're apples to apples. We're keeping everything even on this. Yep. Uh, here's the charges you're going to get. And the first one is the marketplace fee. So Amazon's going to charge you 15% for just being on their platform and making a sale. Every time you make a sale, you pay 15%. That's going to be $4.50. 15% times $30 equals $4.50. percent 1.5%. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you're also going to pay Amazon a fulfillment fee. And we have people that everybody we talk to complains that there's a marketplace fee of 15% and a fulfillment fee, which basically means Amazon's price to package and ship that to the customer. Hey, Tim, I got a question. Yes. If you, uh, if I buy a product from your website, uh, do you have to ship it to me or do you not? You don't have to pay for shipping. I account, still right? have to ship it to oh, you. Oh, goodness. So if you, yes. if you sell on Amazon, you have to pay a fulfillment fee. And if you sell on your website, you have to pay a fulfillment yes, fee. Yes. You just don't call it a fulfillment fee. If you're on your own Crazy. site, you call it shipping and postage. Yep. But you're also paying it, right? Yes. Um, and we'll get into you're paying in some cases more. So um, fulfillment fee for that product. So the product we picked, which is, again, this fictional hair dryer, hair dryer we picked. As my screen goes out and I can't see anything for a second here, um, that fictional hair dryer we picked is one pound and ten ounces, and that's because there's actual hair dryers on Amazon <laughs> that are one pound and ten ounces. So yep. we're not making numbers up. Those are that's a we sampled a bunch of hair dryers. That's I didn't use them. I don't have a hair dryer, so I couldn't <laughs> weigh one. So I just went on Amazon and looked at the weight. But one pound ten ounces, right? So for shipping that, it would be five dollars and seventy one cents is what they would charge for that. And then you can have some other charges that are really in the end of the game, if you manage your business well, are going to be small, but everybody's going to ask about them. So you're going to have storage fees for holding inventory at Amazon. If you sell your stuff through real quickly, your storage fees are actually zero. But let's assume that not everything sells as quickly as you want. We looked through a bunch of our actual clients that we manage and our own businesses that we manage. And so we plugged in a storage fee of 0.3%. Um, this, this is important because I yeah. feel like 
you know, sometimes our customers that are selling a, a ton, we've seen in the past where they, oh my gosh, Amazon charged us, you know, $100 or $500 or yes. whatever for storage fees. Well, it's like, well, when you're selling, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars of product on Amazon, it's 0.3% Amazon yes. storage fee. That's 0.3 of your retail price. So, uh, and by the way, if you're selling it yourself, you're going to store it somewhere right. too. So using a 3PL, yeah, using a 3PL, fee. you're going to charge a lot more. So, um, and the 0.3% and, and, and one of our, one of our best, most favorite clients is the one that threw a giant, they were not happy about giant, the 0.3% that, that they were being fee. charged for storage fees, right? Cause it was this many dollars per month until we pointed out that it was 0.2% <laughs> for them. Oh, really? Right? There's this 0.2. And and for them, we manage their inventory, so we manage we manage inventory pretty tightly. Uh, we don't if we're managing the inventory, there tends not to be a ton of extra cost in there. But 03 percent is what we plugged into this model. There's also your cost of shipping things into Amazon, which is, in most cases, um, it's between 0.4 and 0.7 percent. Yeah, a lot of times we put 0.6. Amazon's cost for inbound shipping in bulk is really cheap. Yeah, and you just use the Amazon rate. So we put in 0.6 percent for this. But also, if you're selling Amazon, they give you some money back if people order priority shipping or if they order gift wrapping. So if you have a product that's giftable, um, you get some money back. So we put 0.4% in that, which again, this we're is not just of, making up a number. That's numbers from our actual yeah. base of millions of dollars of sales and clients that we actually have, right? So This is one of the ones that a lot of times will catch people by surprise. They won't even realize that it exists, but just those little credits that they yeah. can they can add up when you're selling it's, a good good amount of product people exactly. buying expedited shipping or or things like that is actually a good little small credit in fact yeah. that shipping uh credits is actually a greater percentage of your retail sales than our amazon storage yeah so that that's why not, not that anything's like you're not going to get rich on the no. on the gift wrapping uh the, the the extra commission amazon gives you for gift wrap orders right but the point there is all those things, and those things cause a lot of drama sometimes. But storage plus inbound shipping, less what you get back in gift credits and priority shipping bonuses right. Amazon gives you, about a half a percent. It, think, it comes out to about a half a percent, which is real. Half a percent yes. matters, right? Yes. But it's about half a percent. So it's also not um, not end of the world numbers either. You just got to take it into account. The thing is we're, we're talking about this more and more that it's like if there is a fee on Amazon, there is – damn sure a fee, a similar fee on D to C, it's just you're probably not paying that much attention to it because it's yeah. generally insignificant. And you, know? you couldn't pay me enough on our own DTC source we operate to gift wrap things and send them out to people. <laughs> I hate I hate wrapping, so I'm not going to do it. But uh, in the net, it's it's these. At the net point is really those things are those things cause drama. You do have to account for them, but they're not that much, right? It's a, nets out and and again, everybody's business could vary. We have some businesses do a ton of gifting, so there's a lot of gift wrapping that goes up. Some have bulkier products, so it costs a little more for inbound shipping or bigger products where it may cost a little more for storage, right? But the numbers aren't huge. So, yeah. But you do have to take them into account. Each business is different. Um, we totally get that. Don't take the numbers I'm saying here as gospel that every business is going to be that way. We're just taking some averages across actual live businesses that we operate on that we see the numbers for. But that's another half percent. So if you go down with that, here's all your channel costs. Your channel costs total on that are $10.36. So again, um, we're starting with a $30 yep. retail price. Take out $10.36. That means we have $19.64 net after channel yeah. costs. Now, you may look at that and go, well, I make $19.64 there and only $15 on wholesale. So it's obviously better. But there's one cost we haven't included yet. 
and that's customer acquisition costs. So Amazon advertising promotion that you do on there. Um, across the, and again, this is using real numbers, so not making things up. Across businesses we manage, the cost of acquisition tends to be around 10% of your total retail sales. Um, it varies by account, obviously, but 10% is a good and I think, slug number to put in. That's a number that you're not, you're not going crazy trying to go rocket ship growth to the moon, but you're, you're not trying to milk profits um, either. You're trying to grow at a reasonable rate and grow at a profitable rate. And we, it averages around that, right? Yeah, and, and I think generally for, for us, it, it, our perspective on this is that if you are, uh, if our uh, acquisition costs or advertising costs on Amazon are not at close to 10%, we're probably not being aggressive enough in trying to grow our overall top line sales. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. And it varies by business, right? Some businesses have products with lower margins to begin with, right? Because they're super competitive or they're lower priced, more commodity goods. And in that case, the math all changes. So it's going to be, and some products are high end premium products and the margins are huge and you spend more on advertising as a percent of the total re, total yeah. revenue that way. So it varies significantly, right? But that that tends to be a place where we end up most often, right? Yeah. If we're gonna, if we're gonna say, hey, you should, if you're doing an Amazon business, you should plan for that. Yeah, put slug that number and then figure out what's yeah. right for you. I think the caveat to this is there are uber competitive segments on Amazon where there you're you might be paying fifty percent or one hundred percent. I mean, it's just uh, mm -hmm. because you're looking at a repeat purchase through Amazon. I mean that. There are people on Amazon that are willing to spend a crazy amount of money at uh, acquiring the customer, yes. and it's so that's not necessarily the the path that we take. It's it's not uh, a yeah, lot tougher. We'll do to make some sense, like but. like an example would be skincare. If you're a newer skincare brand trying to get attention in the skincare market, which is skin creams, which is super competitive on Amazon, and it's really easy to enter. So there's thousands of competitors your cost of advertising is going to be higher than this. Mm -hmm. If you're in a category that has a lot of volume and you're a big brand name and you dominate the segment and you might be a lot lower than this uh, and you might need to be lower too because your margins might be lower, but, yep. um, but you might be lower than this. But as a general rule, just to kind of compare apples to apples. So we're know, saying 10. Assume a 10%. Yep. Cost, it, it's, you know, for, for your first model, Yep. assume that. So we had yep. $19.64. But that we didn't take into account our acquisition costs of three dollars mm -hmm. per order, so that leaves us with sixteen dollars and sixty-four cents. Tell me, Tim, is sixteen dollars and sixty-four cents greater than or less than fifteen dollars that it's, you got at wholesale? It's a little bit greater, depending yep. on what your costs are, right? If you have to spend more on advertising, is and the big variable to know is, you know, they're going to come out within range of each other, wholesale and Amazon, depending on what your margin for your product is, and depending on what your cost of acquisition is. That's where the big difference is going to be. You have to pay cost of acquisition when you're on a marketplace channel. If wholesale, yeah, you're paying your salesperson, but you're also paying somebody to work the Amazon channel and manage that. Um, so at the end of the day, it, you know, cost of acquisition is the big difference. If you manage everything else efficiently, Amazon actually sometimes is more profitable than wholesale on a per unit basis if you're managing everything effectively and different categories can be different on that, right? So but on this, if then if you take out your $700.50 for your cost of goods, same as same across the board, on this model, and these, again, these are all like real numbers. We're not plugging any numbers in to make it look more favorable. These are pretty much what we average across the board on a lot of things. Um, $9.14 is your net on that. So wholesale of $7.50, 
the nice thing about wholesale is you sell them in bulk. You don't have to worry about them a lot. You don't have to manage it day to day. You're selling mm -hmm. to new accounts. There are some really nice things about wholesale. You're getting into brick and mortar. You know, that's still where the bulk of retail sales happen. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is not a don't do wholesale. This is certainly do wholesale. But but if you look at it and say wholesale, I make all this money and Amazon, I make none. Right. Uh, if you're you, if you manage Amazon right, you're going to make actually slightly more. You may have to manage it more closely, but you're going to make slightly more. Per right. Day. If you're if you're a wholesale seller right now and you're doing well on wholesale and you've shied away from Amazon, you know there's 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 potential there. And as well as I think the point that we've made for several of our clients in the past is that Amazon is likely one of the biggest, if not the biggest, retailer that you can even sell into. As an as an individual, yeah. Without without find, trying to find a buyer. Well, and I mean, it's the uh, biggest one. You don't have to convince anybody to let you on right. into their store. But even right? even if you're selling at Walmart, you're selling into Walmart retail, or you're selling into Target, or you're selling into you know your Kroger's, Albertsons, whatever. You know the the retail sales through Amazon.com is you know comparable. I'd say greater than than uh, some they of those. Are, they are the biggest retailer out there right now. So there's so it's it's you know it's not small. Yep. Um, so the opportunity is there. Opportunity is so. there. And again, this isn't saying, again, not trying to be Amazon fanboys. We just have to deal with the, we're, we're addressing the question of um, nobody makes any money on Amazon. You certainly can yes. with these margins. They do charge. I mean, there's that 15% marketplace fee. The fulfillment fee is oftentimes 20 to 25%. So those are two pretty, pretty big chunks that come out of your, sometimes 30%, right? Those are some pretty big chunks that come out of your margin. And then you have to pay to acquire your audience. You have to pay for ads. Mm -hmm. So there's there's definitely expenses that go in. You just got to look at it through the whole model and then compare, is that relatively close to what I'm doing wholesale? Hopefully you're making a ton of money wholesale as well. Mm -hmm. um, we should also talk about direct-to-consumer on this. Yep. So, um, Retail price again, Tim, was? Was $30. $30. So the same, $30 all the way across the board. Everything is as, as apples to apples as we could make it. So on direct-to-consumer, and that means your Shopify site or your, uh, or your WooCommerce site or your own site. You're controlling everything on this. Um, you don't have to pay a marketplace fee, right? Because you are the marketplace. It's mm -hmm. your own store. Um, you don't have to pay a fulfillment fee to Amazon, but you do have to pay a shipping fee. And so for this example, again, let's use our hair dryer, our one, one pound and 10 ounce hair dryer that comes in a standard size box that the hair dryers come into. I've used the standard sizes off of that. Um, for this, um, what we price this out at, we price this out. And by the way, the 571 we use for Amazon fulfillment is right off of their holiday surge rate pricing. So it's actually the higher pricing that you would pay during the holiday season right now today. Um, and that's for a one to two pound shipment that is, that is 18 inches by 14, eight inches by eight inches or less, right? And so that's what we use for that. If you want to look that up and check our math, that was the Amazon box, and that's that's what this hair dryer we're looking at would qualify as. It would be a five seventy one shipping cost for that same box. Um, that would cost nine dollars ninety four cents to ship from your own direct to consumer site if you're shipping that hair dryer, right? And that was USPS Priority Mail. So you're your cheapest rate you cool can get. dot com site. <laughs> Somebody go please start coolasshairdryers.com. Um, that would cost, and we looked at pirate ship on that, that this is our source of information. And we did a sample shipping of Cedar Rapids, which is where we're located to Boston, um, which is where I just traveled last week and why we didn't have podcasts last week. So I was traveling on that. But again, that's a, the, the one we reason that's a 12 by 10 by six box, which is what that is. One pound, 10 ounces. It's priority mail. That's the cheapest rate you can get. 
to send that. Uh, and what Pirate Ship does, if you haven't used that, Pirate Ship is pretty good at searching around and finding the cheapest rate you can get a product, a package from point A to point B. And the cheapest is for that particular package, $9.94. So that compares again to the $5.71 with Amazon. Yes. A point to make here is we will hear a lot of complaints about Amazon's fulfillment charge. Um, but like you pointed out, Andy, you're going to have to ship it. Yeah. Now, you don't pay a marketplace fee. So the marketplace fee plus fulfillment is more than this, just this shipping charge, right? But um, it's close. Marketplace fee plus fulfillment uh, fee it's is pretty close. It is pretty close. Um, and the lesson there is that Amazon is just big and Amazon gets better shipping rates than anybody. Mm-hmm. And we'll often uh, tell people this, that Amazon gets the best rates. And their assumption by that, because we've learned we need to explain it more, is that their assumption is well, Amazon's probably 10 to 15% less. And that's not really how it works. Uh, Amazon's a lot less. Now, I'll also say on this, if you are big enough that you can get a special rate with UPS or something, like, you may be able to get this to ship for cheaper too. There is, if you're large enough. Now, if you're just starting out, you're not going to get any big package rates. But once you get a volume, you too can get cheaper rates than this. This is the rate open to the public is $9.94. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a potential to get this down a little bit. There's also, although you're not paying a marketplace fee, you are also going to pay an interchange fee because nobody plays cash dollars on an internet site. They're going to pay by credit card. And so we plugged in 3%, which is a typical interchange fee on that. And that's going to be 90 cents. And then you're also going to have to buy packaging materials, which is for something like this, it's a little bit larger box. It's going to be around a buck. If you can get really efficient, it's actually probably going to be a little bit more, but we just put a buck in there. To, you're going to have to buy a box and tape and get it off to the, to the shipping center. So you're going to make, at the end, your channel costs are eleven eighty four. On this example, your channel costs on the Amazon one were $10.36, so a little bit less. Um, and again, certain products might do better through a DTC site margin-wise than an Amazon. This is not, Amazon's not better than everything, but on this example... Amazon actually works out a little better. And I think the, um, the thing to point out here is that we, we covered the interchange fee, the shipping fee, the box fee. We didn't co- cover the labor to yeah. ship the unit. So uh, once you, know, you include labor on shipping, it actually is quite a bit more, right? Yeah. And that's, that's one thing uh, as we've worked through and helped a lot of uh, companies grow when they realize, oh, when I ship myself, I wasn't accounting for the guy who has to spend three hours a day in the warehouse room Right. Packing up the boxes. That's a real cost. And, and generally, yeah. I mean, you know, you'd, you'd assume that the person that's shipping this is already being paid for something else potentially, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Well, that's usually why it gets missed, right? Because yeah. it's not an incremental cost. This person was already working there. Now this person's putting extra time in shipping. Right. Well, that's actually a cost of shipping, right? Well, they're so, probably shipping wholesale stuff, you know, yeah. and now they're shipping some retail. Who knows? That's usually how it works. And what people find out is that shipping wholesale is a lot less expensive because you're packaging big boxes and shipping them off instead of, Lots and lots of small boxes that need their own address labels on it. So there's, there's some probably some extra costs we're not covering in there. Um, and then the big difference, and this is the one, this is the hardest one to talk about, which is, or to really, to really cover, there's the widest variance, is your acquisition cost on your own site. Um, How much does it cost to acquire a customer on a direct-to-consumer website? Yes. Fire, it can cost anything. Um, the <laughs> zero exact to, scientific zero, answer is zero to infinity. Zero to infinity. Um, so we put in here and we're looking at, we're you, trying to use kind of as models on this sites that are, that have a, have a business that's running. They're not ramping up, trying to get started. They have a sustainable business. They have an existing flow. They're already working through that. Um, 
So we put this as 15%. Now, when I first put that down there, Andy, what did you do? You laughed at me, right? Oh, I just didn't think that there was any way we were going to do 15%. Because uh, it's, it's usually more on 30%, a lot of sites. 30%, 40% right? is yeah. not unreasonable, in my opinion. No, to, as you're starting off a site. Now, a mature site, some people will listen to this who have really great direct-to-consumer sites and say, I spend a lot less than that yes. because I have fantastic creative and I've built up a huge mailing list. And a ton of my sales are through email that doesn't cost me that much. Yep. And so we use, I use 15% for this model um, because, it, it again, it's more expensive to acquire onto your own site because Amazon's already bringing customers in there that want to buy. All you're trying to do is direct them to your listing then. For your own site, you're tr if you're getting a new customer, you're getting them cold. Mm -hmm. You're trying to source them off of Facebook. You're trying to source them off of something else. Google and, search ads. And they're not, know, they weren't in a buying mood maybe. Um, but over time, if you build up your customer list and then you can remarket to them for repeat purchases, you can drive that cost down. And you can also on your own site, um, you know, on Amazon, you can't romance stuff a lot. So the value of having fantastic creative, yes, it's better to have great photos and great copy on Amazon than not but it doesn't make the kind of difference that it can on your own site. So mm -hmm. if you are particularly outstanding and stellar at organic content on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram, or if you are just have a product that has a lot of repeat purchase value and you're great at getting people in on that first purchase and then making repeat purchases, yeah, the cost can be a lot lower. So mm -hmm. the actual profitability on a, on a direct-to-consumer site can vary dramatically based on what your cost of acquisition is and your cost of acquisition on Amazon, it's more dependable. On wholesale, you're paying your salesperson and he's going off and selling. On your own site, it's going to vary dramatically depending on how you approach it and, and how good you are at these things. So we put 15% there just for the sake of the model, knowing it's always customer acquisition is always a little more expensive on average on a direct-to-consumer site. Um, but again, you're not paying the marketplace fee. And part of that marketplace fee for Amazon, what you're paying it for is for them to attract the initial customer in there in the yes. first place. Yeah. So you're going to pay a little more if you're doing all that work yourself. So that's $4.50. So let's recap this. Your channel fee is across all. For wholesale, your channel fee or your net, your channel fee um, was, channel costs were zero. Uh, it was $10.36 on Amazon. It was $11.84 on Shopify or your own channel. This With acquisition costs now taken into account, your net, your net after acquisition is $15 wholesale. It is $16.64. $16.64 on Amazon in this model, and it's $13.66 on your own site. All of them have the same cost of goods. It's the same hairdryer. We are coolassehairdryers.com, um, $7.50. So what that amounts to at the bottom line here, all three of these are profitable in this model. By the way, all these percentages, if you can get these percentages, you can be profitable on any of these channels, and you should. Um, what this amounts to is your bottom line profit on wholesale is $7.50. What percent is that, Andy? 25%. On this model on Amazon, trying to keep everything apples to apples and using real numbers that we actually can source from our own businesses that we manage on Amazon, it would be $9.14. So the margin would be? 30%. 30%. Ding, ding, ding. And on your own direct-to-consumer site with this model, knowing that's going to be a little heavier acquisition cost and your shipping cost is going to be a little bit higher, it's $6.16 per product, which is what percent? 21%. So we, the yeah. lowest percent is, would be direct-to-consumer, highest Amazon, and right in the middle is wholesale. Yes. So it's just a matter of looking at what the actual costs are on this. Now, in this model, this is not one is bad and one is good. 
in this model, your most profitable path is to be on all three channels. Do, do it all. Do yeah. all three because they're all profitable, right? Yes. Um, 21% profit margin is a pretty good business. So yep. good. Do that. Um, that doesn't, that none of this means this channel is good and this channel is, is not good. Um, it just means that all three channels can make money and should make money. And they're not that far apart. Um, and right. we often, it may sound silly, um, somebody who's delved into this, but we often get the wholesale makes 50% margin and Amazon makes 10. Why would I ever want to do wholesale? It's like, well, the actual dollars come out in the same ballpark, right. depending on some variables you have to adjust for your own business on it. Um, but again, these in this model, which is a pretty real world model, I would say these numbers are not numbers that would surprise me. These numbers that are numbers that I would kind of expect. That's why we used them. Yes. They're pretty darn close. And this particular product, Amazon comes out slightly ahead. Direct to consumer comes out slightly behind. Wholesale somewhere in the middle. But again, if you can get, if you can do some great hair dryer video that attracts a bunch of customers and you're not spending much because it goes viral, then hey, your direct consumer all of a sudden becomes fantastic. It's not a very repeatable product. Yeah. On a hair, you're not buying a hair dryer every, every six months. Um, so on something like this, you'd be relying on great uh, organic content that reached out to get people in to raise that profit margin up, which you certainly could do. Yeah. Or, or great ways to go and get people to refer their friend or affiliate program or something like that that might drive your cost down. Yeah. There's and, ways to get there on it. And, you know, again, I think just to reiterate your point, Tim, on this is that none, none of these are bad, but uh, none of them, you know, some can be better than others. They have different strengths and different weaknesses. And I'm sure that, you know, I hope somebody listens to this and says, oh, you forgot about this thing. Email me. Andy at 50poundboson.com. We'll get that, mm -hmm. uh, take that into consideration. But hopefully these numbers are, are close enough approximation yeah. where they're all real world enough that, you know what, we, we feel pretty good about being able to be profitable when we sell on all three places. Yeah. And we should talk real quickly because we're nearing the end of this, right? But, but if, you're, if your belief is, hey, you're going to be strongest in doing great creative and messaging and great customer relations, direct-to-consumer is going to have some advantages probably beyond what we have in this model, right? Mm -hmm. That's the channel where those things come into play the most. Mm -hmm. If you say you're just best at the math and being super efficient, eh, the Amazon wholesale channels might end up turning up a little bit higher on that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's things to take into account and there's things that are going to vary based on the business on this. Um, and, the, and the one thing, if somebody says, hey, you left something out, I'll say the one thing, I'll let, I'll go first, then you go, Annie. What's the one thing we left out? Um, think quick. And um, the one thing we left out is on the wholesale channel, oftentimes there is an extra cost in there called promotional allowance oh, or yeah. advertising allowance, right? So a lot of wholesalers, especially the big ones, this doesn't happen if you're going into a small boutique, but if you're going to a big chain store, they're going to say, hey, and we also need you to take 4% off the bill and we're because that's your contribution to our advertising to get traffic into the store. That's, you know, the numbers vary wildly on that. It may be 1%, it may be a half percent, it may be 4%, it could be 6%, right? The same thing if you're selling to Amazon vendor, they're going to ask, if, at volume, they're going to ask you for a promotional allowance. So that is a cost at the high level in wholesale that we left out of this model. Um, but it's a real thing, um, and it's a point of negotiation. There's just not a clear standard on it, and we didn't want to complicate things too much by adding it in. Mm -hmm. What else do we leave out, Andy? I don't know. I mean, I, the only thing... I the thing that came to, came to my mind is just the is the labor cost of of uh, producing the product, but I think yes, that's, I know I think it's a good point. We left out because that's that one dollar for DC covers the boxes and the tape. It doesn't cover the labor cost of yeah somebody standing over that a couple hours a day packaging up boxes. Mm -hmm. So that that is something we left out of that model, right? Yeah, but 
again, you know, hopefully this is helpful for you. Uh, if you want this exact spreadsheet of these these costs and and estimates, it's messy. I don't know if you want uh, it. Well, we'll we'll dress <laughs> we it up. We can we'll, clean it we'll up. We'll dress it up, <laughs> clean it up a little bit, uh, and get it out to you. But you can email me again, Andy A N D Y at fifty dot com five zero p o u n d b o s o n dot com. We'll get that out and uh, we'll get that for you. But uh, appreciate you listening. I hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, look forward to hearing feedback on this and we will catch you again next time. Thank you.